and what I've seen with people's mental health, I talk about um, a mental fragility that was kind of exposed in 2020 with, with CPR, with COVID, political tensions, racial tensions. I use the CPR acronym and they just all kind of exploded at once and I lost a couple of people close to me to suicide. I started to see how just angry people were and how the smallest things would trigger and people's mental health is just tough. And I know what running does for one's mental health. A lot of times people think it's for their physical health and that's of course a side benefit. But to me, the primary benefit is what it does for one's mental health. So uh, pulled some people together in I think December uh, of last year, so 21, and just said, hey, how can we raise awareness around what's going on with mental health, with suicide, um, in a, in a big way and we talked about some different ideas and it's like I want to run across the state because this is not a Sioux Falls it's a statewide issue, it's a national issue really like has anybody ever run across the state to raise awareness for a topic and we couldn't think of anything and so um, that's kind of how the project was born 437 437 miles uh, a group of 12 people ran in shifts from Belfu South Dakota to Sioux Falls South Dakota uh, to raise money and awareness around suicide specifically, but just mental health overall. And pulled together some people that I knew were just good people, people who I knew could put in miles, um, but also that could help organize an event and wanted to do this. Uh, and so that's how uh, Greg was pulled in and, and Kelly uh, was pulled in and uh, they were huge, huge uh, partners uh, and leaders in the project. Welcome to the WellMind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Coles. I'm a professional mental health counselor, counselor educator, and currently the director of the Clinical Mental Health Graduate Program at Bethany Lutheran College. This is a very special episode of the podcast. I don't have just one, not two, but I have three guests on the show. During the intro, you heard from Paul Tenaken. In addition to being the mayor of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, he was one of 12 individuals that helped create and execute the 437 project. I'm also joined by two other members of this incredible team of people, Greg Koch and Kelly Marshall. In our conversation, I speak with Kelly, Paul, and Greg about the mental health crisis and their efforts to promote awareness, raise funds, and instill hope in communities across the state of South Dakota. Every community is being impacted by suicide and mental health struggles, and it's my hope that sharing this story about the 437 Project will inspire you to step forward and take action to support the mental health needs in your community. Now, you probably don't have to run 437 miles, but maybe this group of 12 runners is onto something. I truly had a wonderful time speaking with Kelly Paul and Greg, and I'm humbled to be able to share their story with you in episode 35 of the WellMind podcast, The 437 Project. Kelly, Paul, Greg, it is wonderful to have you here. It sounds like it, it could be a band name, you know, Kelly, Paul, and Greg. I think I think we could start something here. Yeah, it's wonderful creative, to have you on the show. Than that, ben. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the guitar in your background, Paul. That's got me thinking music. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 
I got I got a good friend Peter, and it's Peter and Paul, and Peter, Paul, and Mary always gets brought up. So sure, Paul, Greg, and Kelly not as cool. <laughs> Dib, I like dibs on bass. I'll play bass. <laughs> Are you lead singer then, Kelly? I don't know. I it sounds like I just got kicked off the band island, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's awesome to have you guys here on The Well Mind. Uh, we're going to be spending some time today talking about uh, something called the 437 Project. This was a project that uh, was executed and carried out over, I don't know, probably the last year, many months, uh, something like that. There was a lot of lead up to it, but uh, a pretty impactful project. And I'm, I'm just very excited to have each of you here representing that project, talking about your experiences. Uh, but before we dive into the specifics and details of that, I think it'd be good if each of you could briefly introduce yourself to talk about who you are, your, your role or connection with South Dakota, and, uh, and then we can start going from there. How's that sound? Great. Greg, could I have you lead us off and tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. My name is Greg Koch. Um, I'm the owner of the 605 Running Company here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I'm a South Dakota native um, and, you know, definitely brought along on this project, I think, because of the, the running ability or scope, maybe potentially a ringer in case some folks didn't want to run their miles. I don't know, but uh, I was happy to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, just unbelievable how it unfolded. And yeah, excited to be here today with uh, my good friend, Dr. Ben. Awesome. Awesome. Kelly? Yeah, Kelly Marshall. Um, also Sioux Falls, also a South Dakota native. Um, I'm, I'm not totally sure why I got brought along on the project, to be totally honest. Um, I got a meeting invite from, from Mayor Paul one day, and I thought it was junk because it was kind of nondescript. It was this trek across South Dakota. And so it got thrown into the mix, and 437 miles later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you thought Mayor Paul was spamming your inbox. Is that what I'm hearing? It, it crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Politician. Yeah. Yeah. It's a All fishing right. scam. They knew the running would get me. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul or Mayor Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Uh, Paul Tenhaken is my name. I grew up in Minnesota. I uh, went to college in Iowa, have lived in Sioux Falls for uh, about 20, 21 years. Uh, currently serve as the 32nd mayor of Sioux Falls. Uh, I've held that office since 2018. I uh, was just reelected in April. Uh, so in the midst of all this and all this planning, also um, ran a campaign in there to uh, serve for four more years in this. Um, probably the least uh, runnery of the runners that tackled this project. I'm not a massive runner, um, but I kind of had a vision around mental health in our state and raising uh, kind of the visibility of what's happening around mental health. That's that's uh, my focus and what I brought to this project. And then I'm the mayor, so I use the bully pulpit of the office to uh, get people to get involved, to help raise funds, and to, uh, to get media alongside us and uh, and just shine a light on what we were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I had the privilege of being able to come over to Sioux Falls uh, for the, the half marathon and hang out with the whole group 
Um, I believe there are 12 total runners that were part of the 437 project. And every, every one of you were, you know, kitted out for the, uh, for the Sioux Falls half marathon. And I got to be a little groupie and tag along. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, and I, I can understand and appreciate, uh, Paul, the, uh, maybe the influence that your presence in the project had on, uh, bringing, yeah, bringing a lot of attention to it because I haven't ever done a race with, a a you know, a public figure, but boy, I mean, you were, you were shaking hands and taking pictures the whole time. It was something else. Yeah. That's our job, man. You know, got a, <laughs> got a glad hand all the time, but honestly, I, I like people and I think that will lead into the discussion about the project. I just love people. That's why I'm doing this job. So I'm not going to make the Olympics anymore. So like when I try and when I run a race or do anything, I just, I just like to have fun doing it. Like I'm not into this PR thing or trying to shave time off a half. I mean, I'm 45 years old. And so running is therapeutic for my physical mental health and having fun is a very, very big part of that. Cool. I, I do have to interject here, though. Mayor Paul, he's very humble. He is an incredible athlete. Okay, I've been with this guy enough to know, like he's he's slow playing it a little bit, Doctor Ben. He, you know, I've run with him enough to know he's he's got some chops. Like he's not just a pushover coming into this kind of running world or project. I I would agree with that after having run uh, yeah. alongside him, and uh, you know, I'll I'll only say this once, Paul. I'll only say it once, but you know, I know it's a lot of beef to move over the course of that many miles, but, but you did it. 200 LBs, baby. So that's why when I run, when I run with someone who's like 150 pounds and I'm like, okay, now put a softener salt bag around your waist and then run with me, you know? So, yep. Yep. I, I, I can relate to that. I, I can for sure. So, so this is, this is a a good segue though, because we're all talking about running and that's really the, the glue for this 437 project. I mean, it was, it's, it's much bigger than simply running across the state, but 437, that's how many miles you were covering, uh, going from the Western border to the Eastern border. Um, but why running? I mean, what, what was it about running, uh, that made this the focal point for a project like this? Well, I'll maybe kick that off and then let these two guys weigh in as well, Greg and Kelly. So kind of the genesis for the 437 project is just the post-pandemic world that we're in. And what I've seen in Sioux Falls, and we have 200,000 people in our city and about 270,000 in the MSA. And what I've seen with people's mental health, I talk about... um, a mental fragility that was kind of exposed in 2020 with, with CPR, with COVID political tensions, racial tensions. I use the CPR acronym and they just all kind of exploded at once and lost a couple of people close to me to suicide. I started to see how just angry people were and how the smallest things would trigger and people's mental health was just tough and I know what running does for one's mental health. A lot of times people think it's for their physical health, and that's, of course, a side benefit. But to me, the primary benefit is what it does for one's mental health. 
So uh, pulled some people together in, I think, December uh, of last year, so 21, and just said, hey, how can we raise awareness around what's going on with mental health, with suicide um, in, a, in a big way? And we talked about some different ideas, and it's like, I want to run across the state, because this is not a Sioux Falls, it's a statewide, it's just a national issue, really. Like, has anybody ever run across the state to raise awareness for a topic? And we couldn't think of anything. And so um, that's kind of how the project was born. 437, 437 miles, a uh, group of 12 people ran in shifts from Belfu, South Dakota to Sioux Falls, South Dakota uh, to raise money and awareness around suicide specifically, but just mental health overall. And pulled together some people that I knew were just good people, people who I knew could put in miles, um, but also that could help organize an event and wanted to do this. Uh, and so that's how... Uh, Greg was pulled in and, and Kelly uh, was pulled in and uh, they were huge, huge uh, partners uh, and leaders in the project. Yeah, I think I would jump in and, and endurance sports is a community all of itself. I mean, what I do is community building and so getting to know people and, and seeing um, the connections that are made through sport, in particular running, um, which is what we were doing here. Uh, it's it's life-changing and the experiences that you get when you share some miles with people and um, go through that because everyone's going through a different journey and that's why running is kind of really special to me is everyone can do it at what level they do it is very different and that's sort of a good uh, you know symbolism for the project and and we're all going through something and it's all a little bit different but you know for us we're, we're going to run and we're going to bring people together and, and showcase whatever we can uh, with the gifts that we've been given. I mean, to the question about why running, I, I think to be honest, all of us are runners and lots of people are also do other things, lots of triathletes in the group. I think as we discuss the possibilities for how we wanted to accomplish this across the state journey, running was probably the most natural lead just because truly I think we thought that would be the easy part, which is when you know you're a little bit crazy, right? But the running of the miles was not the part that we discussed first, foremost, and really hardly ever. Um, the harder part was the, how do we make all of this come together? What are the logistics? Um, you know, when we first thought we're just going to run, right? There's going to be 12 of us. We're going to hand off. It's going to be relay. How hard can it be? And that became probably the more difficult thing was the logistics piece. How do we get the communities involved? How do we get it to the right people and share and spread the message of the why behind all of the running? The running was almost an afterthought. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, so the, <clears throat> again, the, the campaign itself, the 437 project is all about raising awareness, destigmatizing, uh, helping people gain access to mental health services. And I think that's uh, in connection with the helpline. Is that accurate? Yeah, correct. The helpline was the, the beneficiary of the, the funds that were raised. So um, after all, you know, expenses and things were done, we, we cut a check for, it was like $120,000 to the helpline, which was um, the biggest donation, single donation you've ever got in their history, they share with us. And wow. and for those of you who, you know, your listeners maybe don't know what that is, you know, the Helpline Center uh, is a statewide, uh, the statewide 211 answering service. So people call 211 or now 988, the Behavioral Health uh, Suicide Crisis Hotline. Uh, they're the tip of the spear on that. They take those calls. Uh, and so 
when 988 was rolled out, uh, there's a diff additional staffing needs there. There's additional training needs there. And I think a lot of people, I think the, the country period did a poor job in rolling that. I think a lot of people still don't know about it. So we yeah. also used the run to raise awareness about 988, what that is, how that works, uh, and that the funds that you raise would help the people that are answering those calls for people that are experiencing kind of crisis mental health challenges in our community. So that was the fundraising aspect of it was for them. So the 437 Project is not an organization we're just a group of people that are supporting organizations that are doing this good work. Uh, and so that's how the, the dollars and cents of that worked. Got it. Got it. And we had some truly amazing partners throughout the project. Um, Avera Behavioral Health met with all of us runners, and um, they've got an incredible campaign going right now. Ask the question, and it's all about suicide uh, prevention. And, uh, you know, so to, to meet professionals in the field, you know, I, we did a 50k last week together, Ben, and we had plenty of time to chat about it. But I kind of explained how prior to this project, I, I kind of felt myself as sort of a passive participant in the mental health conversation. But to be able to be involved in this uh, project and to get to meet the professionals in the field uh, had a pretty significant impact on me in terms of uh, raising my knowledge base and my awareness of the services that are available. And, um, you know, it's it's been pretty moving to be a part of that and to see that come together. But the partners that we had on this project between Avera, between the Helpline Center, um, pretty pretty huge uh, impact that we were able to create in the six month eight month journey that we were on to put this together. Right, right, yeah, and and so I, and I appreciate you bringing up that conversation, Greg, that you and I were having in the in the woods last weekend as we were on the trails. Uh, you know, just understanding that mental health is something that is personal to everybody, but at a, at a different level, uh, Paul, when we, you know, just initially sat down, you were talking about how, uh, you know, people that you knew, um, had been, you know, victims of suicide as well. And, <clears throat> and how that impacted you and in really motivating you toward this and Greg talking about how, you know, you you know people in the mental health community. You have you have a number of people around you, and so I, I think in some ways that can let us off the hook. You know, it's like oh well, I I know I've got these other people around me. You know, I can direct them. But mental health is really personal to each of us. There's a there's a level of responsibility that we each have in not just tending to our own mental health, but uh, having compassion for for the people around us. So I'm curious, Kelly, what what's been your exposure, um, your involvement with the mental health community leading up to this project? Well, Paul started part of this conversation by talking about COVID, right? And I think, um, especially those of us who already are or were runners at that time, even for me, that changed things. I would say. Um, I ran my highest mileage week ever during COVID, mostly because I, one, needed to get out of the house and all of the people that were in it and away from everything, right? It's an easy escape, whether that's a crutch or it's good or bad, it's a coping mechanism. Um, I realized that because for me, it's something that's been a part of my life for a long time. I think your relationship still changes as your mental health needs change and the way that you're dealing with different things that are going on change as well. And I think even for other people who maybe don't run that saw this project and saw what we were doing, 
I don't know that it was necessarily the running part of it, but I think it was the realization that so many people you see doing these different things and is my reason for running sometimes health and wellness and fitness? Yep, it sure is. Is it most often to try to manage my own symptoms and my own anxieties and depression and all of the other things that are going on in the world? 99% of the time, that's the reason why. And I don't think that a lot of us are always super honest about that, or it doesn't come up, right? That it's not just a question that people are are willing to ask or that comes up in, in the natural path of conversation, I would say. And Greg, you were talking about how, uh, as the uh, kind of a leader in the running community, I mean, that just the word community in and of itself, it's, it's uh, c- helping people connect with one another. I know I experienced that when uh, as a resident of Sioux Falls and new to the area and looking to make connections that just coming into the store, uh, going on group runs, those kind of things, that was that was a real inflection point for me and feeling connected to the community at large of Sioux Falls is just meeting people from all different walks of life, but yet we were unified in this one kind of uh, practice of, of running that both involves physical, uh, but also mental health. Yeah. You know, there's something there when I can get you to wake up, uh, at 6am <laughs> six, man, it was like five. <laughs> I'd, I'd want to, I want to catch, catch a cat nap on the couch while we were waiting for people to arrive. It was so, so early. All right. So, Let's let's talk about uh, the the experience itself. Uh, so, uh, Paul, you said that you guys started over in Balfouche. Why, yeah, why there? What what was it about that spot that you guys wanted to start there? Well, we wanted to get. I mean, ideally, the purist in me and the kind of the you know OCD guy in me wanted to start like on the actual border, um, but there's nothing there. And so to, to, to really kick it off and we need a community, we need restrooms, you know, you need all that stuff to start. So, uh, Belfouche is, I think maybe 10 miles, 12 miles from the, uh, South Dakota, uh, Wyoming border. Uh, okay. so that was the nearest civilization point. Uh, so we picked Belfouche, uh, to start, they were a great community to, to work with. And, um, uh, and then we, we traversed the state relay style from there. So, um, you know, when we sometimes talk about this project, there's an assumption that, wow, you ran 437 miles. No, 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 I didn't run 437 miles. Uh, 12 of us did collectively. And I think runners, runners are always in athletes period, are always looking for something different. Like you can only run so many 10 Ks, man, you know, or so many marathons and like, what's the next thing? And like, oh, that's where Ragnars were born. And I got into triathlons because I'm like, I need to do something, something different or obstacle course racing. And so when you get some runners together and say like, what if we ran across the state relay style with Chevin and RV and you, you know, you eat on the go and most people be like, that sounds terrible. And runners are like, that sounds incredible. Like yeah. what a cool thing to do. Uh, and so that it, it takes the right uh, group of people that want to do something like this. So, so logistically uh, you need the right people and you need the right routes. And so in uh, the right logistics along the way, as, as Kelly alluded, finding the people who wanted to do it, no problem. Um, finding the communities that we could start from and work through across the state was was probably the the more challenging part of just logistically how you do that. You need the, the Department of uh, uh, Public Safety. You need highway. You know the highways, the, the 
the DOT's got to know where you're going, what you're doing. Do you have the right signage? Are you running at night? Do you have this, these flashers? So uh, the logistics was the big part. Picking the route was probably the easiest part. So what did, uh, what did a typical day look like uh, out on the road? Well, I think that's an oxymoron to start um, because there was not really a typical day. Um, and everything for almost four days sort of all blended together. You weren't sure if it was day or night. And, you know, thank goodness it was sunrises and sunsets. Or sometimes I think we would have had no idea which direction we were coming and going from. Um, we split up the 12 runners into two RVs of six and six. So we ended up with a male RV and a female RV. And as we've said, it was relay style. So we started with the guys running out in Belfouche and that ended up taking at about 10 miles per runner, almost all of that first day. So that was them on and us ladies were kind of just hanging out, waiting for them to come through. And we rested most of the first day and we didn't start running until seven or eight o'clock that night. But but, you know, through the course of these four days, I don't know what what the male RV counterparts here would say, but I don't think there was a lot of of typical behavior. It was even though you knew your route and kind of when you should be eating or sleeping or running next, there were always wrenches that might be thrown into the plan, especially with just having the communities that we passed through that even if it was a time that one of our runners wasn't out running, we all wanted to be there and be part of what was going on in the community, be able to talk to the people that came out to support us and to learn more about the Helpline Center and the mission. And so it was really hard, I think, for us to take the downtime because we wanted to be part of everything. We didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, it didn't take too long for the guys RV to just turn into a group of kids. I mean, we we, we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've got some incredible professionals, some amazing people in this RV. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we were, you know, six six kids in an RV. And just, you know, we had snacks, junk food, and goofy stories. Uh, lots of fun was had. Maybe a prank or two was played in our RV. Um, but it, it was a great experience. The We had stops along the way that were pretty impactful, that were coordinated for us, where we were meeting people within the communities. And and that was, uh, I, I think, the thing I was not prepared for was how moving and impactful that would be as we went along the route. Yeah. So the, when I was thinking about this and in our conversation today, one of the one of the ideas or the notions that came up to me about running across the state, like covering this on foot and going through communities, there's a level of intimacy here that you don't get with any other, I don't know, any, any other way of going about it, right? Because you're, you're, you're walking the same, you know, ground, the same land that these people are living in too, within these smaller communities as you traverse across the state. So it just seems very personal, very intimate to me. Um, and, and so let's, let's talk a little bit more about, um, as you were going through the, the communities and the state, what were those experiences like, um, talk about some of the, maybe the stories that you heard or the people that you interacted with along the way. Well, I think, um, 
you know, what we what we did was we had, I don't know, maybe seven or eight stops along like what I call organized stops over the 437 miles. So um, we reached out to these communities well in advance and said, hey, there's a group of runners, people that are going to be coming through your community from, you know, 9 to 10 p.m. this uh, on this day at this time. Uh, we talked to them about the cause and then the community would rally uh, some sort of little event or function or something there. Uh, some were bigger than others. Um, and because a lot of people were like, okay, you're doing what? You're like going to run through our community, but it's not like a race. So it's not like you sit and watch a bunch of runners. There's just, there's a one person running. And so kind of getting them their head around what we were doing was interesting. But then what we would do is um, we'd stop in those communities. One runner would keep going and the rest of us would stop and we'd talk with that community. And, and what I found is that when you talk about a topic like suicide, or you talk about a topic like mental health, it gives people this, this comfort and this um, like permission to share stories or to feel like if this is like a safe place to like talk about other challenges that they've either experienced in their own community or so you can have people come up to you or send us emails while we're out on the road and just say, Hey, what you guys are doing is very impactful. I, I lost a friend to suicide or I lost my dad or I lost my cousin and they don't know where to take that grief or take those stories uh, to. And we almost gave them permission to do that. And what you realize is that this it's a topic that affects big towns, small towns, uh, our rural you know, farmers um, to our more urban centers, maybe in our state. So um, that was the cool part for me is it gave people that permission to say, hey, it's okay to, to grieve and mourn someone that you've lost from mental illness uh, and, um, and normalize it and then just kind of talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So Greg, you were, you had mentioned that, uh, that maybe was, uh, the most impactful part of this is, is hearing from people. Um, so I'm curious, yeah, for Greg and Kelly, what, what that was like for each of you on a personal level, being able to connect with, I mean, strangers, people that you didn't know, before this, I don't know if you'll ever talk to them again, but yet you you experienced this um, and heard something that's deeply personal to them. Yeah, I mean, I was given a card before my first leg coming out of Belfouche, and it, you know, it was a, a, a suicide story, and it was a mother who had lost her son, and um, essentially, you know, my miles were her miles that she wanted to be able to run for her son and, and couldn't, and I mean. So it, I was, I was a wreck and then I got out in the 30 mile an hour winds and I'm like, I don't care what it will take. These 10 miles are going to happen. Um, and that was by far and away my hardest leg of running, um, with the conditions, but it, the conditions almost melted away to, to the point where I was just focusing in on, on this card that I was given. And, um, I, when this was all said and done, I mean, I just, I needed several hours to just decompress and process, not the physical aspect of this, but just the stories and the people that we met. I know, you know, we were in Pierre, the state capital, and, and there, there was not a dry eye there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just, the, the running part was definitely the easy part. Um, everything else, I, I, again, you know, I mentioned, I, I felt like I'd been a passive participant in this for my whole life until now, it seems like. And um, from, from this project, I'm much more active in the community and, and 
uh, people are more willing to open up and, and ask me questions and, and share stories about personal experiences now. And that's, uh, it's just an incredible place to be. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's sort of touched on it now. We had lots of different people reach out while we were on the road. I think for me, what was interesting is that it almost felt like we got in a bubble. So we're out there doing our thing, right? Trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. And for me, it felt like the work had been done at that point that we'd figured out you know, how we were going to raise the funds, who we were partnering with, the logistics of getting from Belfouche to Sioux Falls, and we were on the road. So it finally felt like, okay, we can kind of relax and all I have to do now is run. And I wasn't prepared for the emotional impact either. I think, like Greg said, it almost felt like we needed, for me, it was days afterwards to decompress and just sort of process everything that had happened because we're out there doing the thing and running the miles. And meanwhile, lots of people are just learning about this journey and the project and they're reaching out and sending their support and sharing their stories. And I don't know that we were prepared for sort of what would happen both during the run and then after. When we got to the Levitt at the finish line in Sioux Falls, I had a family come up to me and they wanted their son to meet me. And it was like, like we were celebrities, you know, that we're out there running miles and we're the runners. And it's this, it's, it's a thing to kids and to all these people following along. And I don't know that we necessarily expected that, probably hoped for it. But when it came to fruition and, and it came together in that way, it was really powerful. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, it, it, it's incredible to, to, to think about this, that <clears throat> you're doing this, what everybody would focus on, how physically challenging this process could be of being out there for four days. Um, there, there are some very remote areas of the state that you guys were probably passing through. Um, but really what each of you are focused on here is the, the emotional aspect of this experience and uh, how impactful that was for each of you and that it's taken some time. It's taken some time to process, to, to sort through everything uh, that, that you heard and that you saw and that you experienced from that. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over anything here in terms of what that experience was like, but I'm wondering as you've been processing this, what, um, what meaning are you creating around this experience, both, you know, for you personally, but then, um, you know, kind of moving forward, how you, how this might change or alter how you think about things. So, so let's start with, you know, what, what meaning are you creating around this experience for yourself personally? Boy, it's a deep question, Ben, but I'll, I'll start with it. Um, you know, for for me personally, um, you know, being being kind of palms up, I I was very familiar with the topic of suicide and mental illness when we started putting this event together. But kind of halfway through planning it, I lost a good friend to suicide, mm-hmm. uh, and what I've learned through that and seeing other people struggle with that is. You know, if someone dies from cancer, you know why. Like, oh, they got cancer. Or you die in a car accident, it's like, oh, they, 
they got hit by another driver, a drunk driver even, but you can rationalize why they died. But when someone takes their own life, there's just no answers. They're like, why did this happen? And what did I miss? And it leaves such a trail of grief um, and, and kind of survivor guilt from all these people who just are, are eaten up by the fact that they didn't see something, they didn't do something. So for me personally, I just I have a lot higher um, level of empathy for people who are experiencing the challenges of, uh, of mental health or who have lost a loved one from suicide, but also just a, a, a higher level of awareness of people in my own circle, my own network, who um, may not be in a good spot mentally. And you can't, you can never take for granted that someone is because there's a lot of times no science for something like this. Um, so I think just my level of, of desire to like check in on people, love people, uh, make sure they feel valued, supported, um, just be an encourager to people, I think is, uh, is a, is a takeaway that I hope other people will see in this project. I'll something for myself that I'm, I'm just, every person I encounter on a daily basis, and I encounter a ton of people in this job. I'm always thinking, I'm like, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing right now uh, in life. And I wonder what heavy burdens they're facing right now. And uh, that's a level of empathy that I haven't always had. And did I have it before this, this, the 437 project? Yeah. But has it been kind of ratcheted up a little bit? I, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been placed directly in front of you for a number of reasons. I mean, you said even as you were planning this project, you lost a friend to suicide. And, and so I can only imagine what that was like kind of carrying that person with you throughout this, the, this four day journey as well. I don't know if you want to speak on that at all, Paul, just kind of who or how you were carrying some of that with you over those four days. Well, and, and his family is very, you know, open and transparent about it. His name's Gary, Gary Gasper. He's a great pillar of our community here in Sioux Falls. He was board chair of all these different things, successful entrepreneur. He was my landlord at one point. We were, we were just pals. Uh, and he had the world by the tail. I mean, if you had to name five people. If you said, Paul, name five people in Sioux Falls who just got it together, Gary would have been on my list. Uh, and, and so it's, it's just dramatically changed for me what the face of mental illness looks mm. like, right? Yeah. And, and who was impacted and affected by it. And I think that's kind of the goal of this whole initiative, to be honest, is um, we want to give people a heightened level of uh, awareness and comfortability of talking about mental illness and, and checking in on one another. So, um, so Gary, I mean, you got a lot of time when you're running through the, you know, lower Brule Indian reservation at two in the morning, which that was one of my legs. I mean, an hour and a half and the sky's pitch black with just the stars are brighter than you've ever seen because there's no light pollution out there and you're running and it's just deathly quiet. Like we had no wind that night. And it just gives you a chance to reflect and do a lot of thinking. I mean, that's what's one of the great things about running is it's a time to just get lost in your own thoughts and think, and man, I reflected a lot about Gary and thought a lot about him and other people that I know that have, have lost uh, their lives as well. 
and kind of making a commitment, you know, when I'm out there, when I was out there running, like, all right, I don't want this to happen again to someone I know. And what, what responsibility do I have in, in, in trying to help people that I know maybe need some, some help mentally? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that you, you were able to share that Paul. And, um, and I think about how, uh, like how full and busy life can be and moving from one thing to the next thing. Um, but when you're out on the road at two in the morning in the dark and in the silence, there, there's no avoiding any thought. There's no avoiding uh, the feelings that come along with that. And, and so that was a really productive space. It sounded, it sounds like for you, Paul, in that sense of uh, being able to sit with that in a meaningful way. Um, and you really emerged from that with, yeah, like you said, a, a heightened sense of empathy and compassion that's it's causing you to act in some, uh, you know, more direct ways with people by checking in on them and uh, expressing a level of, of care and investment in their well-being that, yeah, maybe it was there previously, but like you said, it's just been really heightened and sharpened through this experience. Mm-hmm. Kelly? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm just gonna say I think sure. the 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 one benefit if if I could if I could boil down the number one benefit of physical activity and running because I don't want that combination to get lost in this discussion, which is mental and physical wellness and how they're so interwoven. For people who don't run, when do they find time just to think, like? Because if I didn't run, I would never just take 45 minutes in my day just to like think. I don't have time to do that. But when I run, I got time to think and I got time to pray and I got time to reflect on who I need to check in with. And I take mental notes. I say, hey, Siri, you know, and, and I have this whole running note notes that I, uh, things that I, t- I take while I'm running. So that gives you a chance to think about life. And when you're running across the state for a cause, the whole time I'm running, I'm thinking about this cause, man, and what we're doing. Uh, and so that's what I think was so special about what we were able to do is just really go deep for like three days, 72 hours is what it took us hmm. um, to just really focus mentally and physically on a single you know, subject that affects so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Very well said. Kelly, I saw a lot of head nodding along the way there. What what thoughts are percolating for you? Well, like Paul mentioned, um, we lost a really close family friend just after we had sort of kicked off the project, hadn't even officially announced the project yet. And so I think that elevated everything to a completely different level of meaning for me. Um, same thing could be said, right, that it was a, a very successful business person, a dad, brother, husband, so many things, and took lots of people by surprise and just no warning signs and so many unanswered questions, right? And so certainly that elevated the meaning for me as well. I literally physically carried his name on my jersey with me during the run. Um, there was one day that I wrote his name on my wrist and I just wanted to make sure that that was my focus and to remember those people that were um, impacted, the families, the lives that were lost. I think 
Paul talked a lot about the the thinking and the quiet and everybody's a little bit different as a runner. I would say um, probably as a theme, a lot of people spent even more time thinking and really just trying to stay focused on on the goal and what the mission of the project was than we did listening to music or, you know, any of those other things that we sometimes do to try to distract ourselves from what can become the monotony of running and the just, you know, get your miles in and that sort of thing. But having the opportunity to have no distractions and to feel like we could focus was was also really impactful. Um, I think personally, you know, you started part of this question with with what it meant to each of us or what we would take away. And I think in addition to what's already been said of, of just what it does for each of us personally, I think to have been part of this inaugural project and what we hope will continue in some way, shape or form, it, it will never be the same, that there will always have been this first experience and trials or successes having worked through some of those things. I think as a group, we had a lot of conversations that never would have been had had we not been in such intimate circumstances and close quarters um, and kind of the ups and downs of being sleep deprived and hungry and physically tired um, and also just emotionally overwhelmed. So personally for me to be part of that group and the, the project overall is something that won't ever be replicated and it, it will always have had a big impact on my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I appreciate you speaking to that too, because I, you know, I put myself in your shoes and I think, you know, I know what it's like to be sleep deprived and be running and physically, you know, exhausted. And then you're also taking on and carrying with you all this emotional weight too, you know, and, and so just the, the rawness that can happen in those moments that, uh, I, w- I would imagine some uh, bonds have been created, strengthened, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, among the the group of you that that did this project. So, Greg, for you, um, what what meaning are you creating around this experience for yourself? Mm-hmm. Meaning, um, boy, you know, I think in my my job, the path that I'm, I'm on in terms of small business, but not just any small business, uh, you know, such a community building uh, thing that we're doing. Um, I think I've, I've taken, for me, the meaning is to, to have a more active role in the mental health conversations that we have, you know, so I mentioned last, last Saturday, we were out in the woods doing a 50k. Um, it was also state cross country. And um, after we were done running, I, I had a, a friend whose daughter uh, is, is a runner here in South Dakota. Um, they lost their, their coach the, the day before state cross country, uh, to suicide. And, um, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, I know you were involved with the 437 project and our community is hurting. What do we do? Um, and so just the fact that, um, I was involved with this project and I knew about the, the helpline and how to connect those resources, uh, just, it elevated me into a position to be able to, um, say, here's the number, here's who they have working, here's the resources that are available. Um, and so for me, just being that active participant in the conversation going forward, um, I think 
the helpline center, I think the 988 line, the 437 project, all of these things uh, have done that for me. And, and so for my meaning to, to my takeaway from that is just to be a player, to be involved. And, you know, Paul mentioned that, like, you have these conversations where you, you check in with people. Um, make sure that you're doing that. You know, everyone's got a front that they're putting up, but there's so much more going on. And so, you know, taking that extra step. And I think that's what makes my community, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so special is, is we've got a lot of people that are willing to go that extra step. And I just want to make sure that I'm an active participant in that and, 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 you know, representing where I'm from as best as I can. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. So 437 project, you did it the you you made it across the state you had these experiences you shared this with so many people and have, have clearly been uh impacting the lives of of countless um is it mission accomplished i mean do you feel like a sense of uh completion with this or um or is there is there a next step and uh, more to do here i think uh I felt like we really were only just getting started. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, like the, uh, the conversations that were born out of this, obviously financially, I mean, we raised a ton of money. Like I've been a part of a lot of nonprofit events and golf outings and all this stuff. And I mean, I have a six figure raise for a new event and it's just 12 people running and like, People didn't even get to participate. Like it's one thing to have a golf event. It's like, oh, you pay a 500 bucks for a team and you get to play golf and you get to you know, raise money. People didn't even get to do anything except watch these 12 nut jobs like run across the state. And so people just are looking for an opportunity to pour into things like this um, um, because there's just not. So I think it'd be foolish to say, all right, we did that. That was, that was fun. I think we kind of tapped into something and, Honestly, I'm just a big thinker and I'm a risk taker and, you know, I like to throw the buoy way out. And I think it'd be great for each state to have and in this nation to have something like this. You know, it's the it's the 234 project in Illinois or, it, you know, it's the 12 project in Rhode Island or whatever. But it's <laughs> something where they do this, you know, annually and it becomes a thing, you know, nationally. Uh, to raise, I think it's just because it's such a cool cause. So we'll be doing it again. I'm very confident of that. Um, in fact, I think we have a, some meetings coming up where we're going to start talking about what's the future of this thing look like and how do we replicate, you know, the kind of the lightning in a bottle that we grabbed the first year. Yeah, cool. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? Well, I think first and foremost, the the two folks that are on this call, I think, deserve a lot of credit. So Kelly was sort of our chair. Um, and she was such a phenomenal leader, uh, in terms of, you know, we had a lot of type a personalities and, and sort of pointing all of us in the right direction and making sure we were on task and getting work done was, uh, pretty critical. And so I think for, for this thing to continue to be successful, we need more Kelly Marshalls. Um, and we need more Paul Tenhakens where, you know, Paul is, uh, he, he's a very charismatic guy. He's a lot of fun to hang out with, but he also, um, is very passionate. I think you've seen that today in terms yeah. of getting these yeah. conversations going. And so the, the people like the folks that we had involved with are just critical 
to keep those conversations going, whether it's running across the state or whatever it might be, whatever the next thing might be. But I think as far as the 437 project, yeah, I think it's liftoff um, to not nerd out too much. But like, I know the old Star Trek show was like a five-year mission. And then by the time they got to Next Generation, it was like an ongoing mission. Um, I think there's a lot of that probably happening here. So yeah, well, that was, that was nerdy. I don't even know what you're talking about there, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, but so there is a point here though. Um, uh, there's always more to do. <laughs> there's always more to do when it comes to mental health, um, suicide prevention, intervention, these pieces that, that's a that's a never ending process and job you know for for me working in the mental health profession for over 15 years now like i yeah the work is never done we need more people involved in that sense and and at the same time you did accomplish a mission you set you set out to do something unique and special and impactful here and you did that and so that that's worth marking and celebrating as well. Uh, and so I hope that you guys can see and feel a sense of like satisfaction and purpose in the work that you've done through this project and how, how that is going to create a ripple effect, um, from, you know, from this into future, you know, ideas, projects, whatever that might look like. And at the same time, yeah, this was really meaningful and impactful, um, across the state. Yeah, amen. I will say, I think Guys, it's as, been as runners, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I think to that point that as we came into Sioux Falls, I think we had a moment to reflect on that because all of a sudden we turned the corner, we saw all sorts of people waiting for us at the Levitt. And I think it was Paul who said, whoa, like they came out for us, right? And we did it. And there weren't a lot of super quiet moments um, on that four day trek because it's a lot of people, uh, like Greg said, a lot of type A people involved and extroverts as well. And it was dead silence for that last block as we all just sort of soaked in, I think, the moment and the realization that we did accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's amazing. I've seen some, some videos and pictures of you guys coming in uh, and it's just yeah, you can see and feel the energy through that. And I'm sure I'm, it sounds like there wasn't even words that last block. It was just, you, you did it, you made it. And, uh, that's pretty special. It is guys. It's been, uh, just a super, uh, honor and privilege for me to be able to help you guys share this story, uh, talk about this experience. Um, I'm so like you said, the 437 project, this isn't a organization or a, a, a company or something like that. It's a group of people, but um, you've talked a lot about the helpline. You've talked about 288 or 211-988, these kind of resources. I'm going to link all of that information in the show notes for, for this episode so people can go access those resources. Um, if there are other things that you want to direct people to, please let me know and I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, I want this to be uh, a springboard as well for people to have access to resources. Um, and not everybody that listens is in South Dakota. We have listeners all across the country. So I'll, I'll link some national 
uh, resources as well. Um, but I, I guess just to kind of close things out, um, if people do want to contribute somehow or participate, even even though the the running part of this is done, you've said there's more to do. Where where am I going to direct people? Uh, where can people go to say, yeah, I, this is something that I want to contribute to? Well, the 437project.org is our website, and all of the resources are listed there along with links to continue to be able to donate and um, access the resources at the Helpline Center. We are at the 437 Project on almost every form of social media, so people can certainly check out any of the videos or things that we've done during the run um, and going forward, too. Great. Great. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's been a joy, like I said, and a real pleasure. A huge thank you to Greg, Paul, and Kelly. I value your time and sharing your story with the WellMind community. And thank you for listening and spending your time with me today. If you enjoyed our conversation, please check out previous episodes. Click rate and subscribe through your podcast app and let people know about the WellMind. Maybe share the episode with somebody you think might enjoy giving it a listen. And don't forget, check out the show notes. That's where you're going to get access to the links and get more information on all the amazing work being done through the 437 Project. Many thanks, as always, to Alex and the staff here in the Bethany Lutheran College Podcast Studio. Couldn't do the show without you guys. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, be well.